0: Welcome back to So, What Does Judaism Say About? I'm Rabbi Rick Fox. With me, as always, is the fresh Rabbi Mayer Beer. How are you doing? Fantastic. So fresh, so clean, getting ready for the new year. Three weeks away, Rosh Hashanah is coming up. We find ourselves in the month of Elul. Elul. Now, you have told me, we've spoken about these many times before, that the month names are from the Babylonian exile.
1: That is correct.
0: And yet we find ourselves in the month of Elul, which is the month before Tishrei, which is the first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the head of the year. So we're now in Elul. What does this word Elul mean from back in Babylon?
1: So Elul is is you know kind of viewed as an acronym. This is so like how here. can it be an Yeah,
0: I'll get there. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Ani Ladodi Vidodi Li. This is a, an, an expression which is, comes up in many places in, in Jewish thought as a description of the month of El. I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. And
0: that's taking the Aleph, Ani, Lamed, Ladodi, Vav, Vidodi, and then a Lamed again, Li. Ani Ladodi Vidodi Li. I am to my beloved and my beloved is mine. Now, my question, which is not the topic of today, is if the month is a Babylonian language month, how is there an acronym? How is it a Jewish acronym? How is it a Hebrew
1: acronym? That's a good question. So, you know, there, there is... Perhaps this is the answer. There is a... Um, the Sfarno writes that... We know the names of the tribes that come up in the Chumash. So...
0: And each one of them is linked to a different month, right? 12 tribes, 12 months. Each one has the month of the tribe.
1: There are, but this is a, 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 is a different idea? point. Okay. <laughs> that the um, they were named for specific reasons. So when Leah named her child, she had this word in mind. So it seems like they just created... Um, they they invented new names based on the certain emotion they were feeling. The so Svarna writes that they were actually existing names. They just chose them because they had some sort of connection to an idea they were thinking of. So like they they didn't like you know call their kid like you know Moonbeam or Sunshine because they felt the sun you know which might the kids might not appreciate when they get older. They were existing names that they used and had some sort of connection. Perhaps they weren't either weren't actually you know use as Hebrew names, and they were kind of altered to become Hebrew names. So it's possible, although I don't know if this this is true, that that became a popular word because it also had a connotation that meant something in Hebrew.
0: Nonetheless, I think that every listener would be fascinated to learn that, you know, the obsession, let's call it, with learning the Hebrew calendar and knowing what months come in order. Ready for the real answer? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That is how they're referred to in the Torah. The first month, the second month, the third month, and the new year, fascinatingly, falls out. The Jewish new year, Rosh Hashanah, falls out in the
1: month of Tishrei,
0: which is the seventh month. That is true. The Torah says the first of the month of the seventh month. That is hilarious. Oh, you got to be Jewish for this, Mayor, Right? The seventh month is the beginning of the year. That
1: means time started in the middle. Yeah, we're going to have to do another podcast on this. <laughs> <laughs> but today we're discussing... Yeah, the the, the Talmud <laughs> quotes two opinions, and big surprise, they're both true. Which month the world was created in? It was created in the seventh month or the first or month? Or the first month. But it does seem... In the language we say, today is the birthday of the year that the world's actually created in Tishrei. Which is the... Seventh month. Seventh and month. How to count it. That is hilarious. You got to be Jewish for this. Are you guys hearing this? But but notably, how we call
0: the months. Everybody feels so connected, and I have my Jewish education. I know the names of the months. Those names are Babylonian. They ain't Hebrew. They ain't Jewish. And we find ourselves in the in the uh, sixth month right now, the month of Elul, which is the topic for today. Contrary to popular belief.
1: All right. Uh, in any case, to give a little bit of historical background, the month of El is the preparation for the new year, which follows a very significant event. The Jewish people sinned the, with the golden calf by creating the golden calf. Um, another
0: com- the, very complicated. <laughs> not, it's, not, it's another not what you think stories.
1: Correct. Are, aren't they all? But
0: there's about 3,000 of the 3 million Jews who participated in that. Yes. That's less than, what is that, a hundredth of a, what is that, one-tenth of a percent? Oh, man, you asked me to do math. 3,000 over 1 million. It's not a lot of people. It's not. And yet the entire nation is held responsible forever. We're still reeling reeling from this 3,000. We might later. we might have done a podcast on this. I'm not sure. I don't remember. <laughs> we'll have to check the list. 3,334 years later, we're reeling from this.
1: Yeah. But the, the 40 days that follow the sin of the golden calf were a time of anger. God was upset at the Jewish people. God forgives the Jewish people on the 1st of Elul. And then there's another 40 days for them to reaccept the Torah, which culminates on Yom Kippur with them getting the second tablets. So this is a period of forgiveness. And it's something that we kind of can replicate in the sense that we're reconnecting to our with our, reconnecting our relationship with God, as you mentioned from the Babylonian word El, which is <laughs> an acronym for I'm to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. So you say. <laughs> and that is, you know, we don't just start our thinking of the new year on Rosh Hashanah, but there is a month beforehand and then there's a 10 days that follow after Rosh Hashanah culminates in Yom Kippur. Now there is a old custom to say the 27th chapter of Psalms every day after prayers throughout the month of El. And there's a lot of messages in this chapter of Psalms called the Lidavid to David, which bring out a lot of the messages of El. So we're looking for what the feelings are supposed to feel. We have this historical significance of like a, a refresh of a relationship, the Jewish people left Egypt, they damaged their relationship with God with the golden calf, complicated story. They get forgiveness and they reassert or reestablish that relationship. They reestab- reestablish the yedidus, the, the the dodi, the the, the belovedness yeah. of the relationship. And that's a, that's a process which is hard. Uh, you know, when you have a relationship that's been damaged or it's been neglected, to reestablish that, Is work, and a lot of those messages are in this chapter. So I'd like to go through it, the L'David chapter, and And touch on some of these points.
0: And so we're 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 reviewing here Psalm twenty-seven, which is the classic prayer of preparation for Rosh Hashanah, culminating with Rosh Hashanah. But we're going to keep saying it, so we're seeing what this looks like.
1: Yeah. So we're not going to be able to touch on every point in this. It's only I believe fourteen verses, but you know, Psalms is a serious study. But we'll try to touch on some of uh, some of the key points. So it starts. I'll read it in English. "By David, God is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God is the source of my life strength. Of whom then shall I be afraid?" So the Medrash writes. This is a Medrash in Vayikra that the word for light and salvation, Ori ishi, Ori is a reference to Rosh Hashanah. There's the light that one sees in a new year, like a re. Uh, like a uh, like, you're looking again, you're reasserting your vision of what God is, and the salvation, the forgiveness of Yom Kippur is salvation. It then moves on to, okay, sounds very optimistic, but then there's a lot of problems. There is, even when evildoers came upon me to eat up my flesh, they who always appeared to me as my oppressors and my foes always stumbled and fell. And... Though a camp shall encamp around me, my heart would not be afraid. Even if war were to rise against me, I shall remain confident. I'm going to break down these two verses. What is this um, oppressors? These um, foes? The Medrash writes, and I think this is really insightful. This is not a term of people who are physically attacking me. You know, I live in a safe suburb. I don't have oppressors and foes. Right, as of now. Yeah, hopefully I won't have. Um, The Medrash writes that there are people that say, look at the Jewish people. What, what is their morality? They sin like we sin. They, quote unquote, worship idols or, or are immoral the same way we are immoral and worship idols. What Jewish values do they have? What, what Jewish values are they keeping? Are they maintaining? And these are the oppressors. These are oppressive thoughts. Like I'm sinful. I'm not. I'm not optimal. I'm not as spiritual as I could be. Right?
0: Can Can they come from within the Jewish camp itself? I mean, you mentioned the golden calf. I mean, that was in a, a, an inception that came from the inside of the Jewish camp. Can this also come from inside the Jewish camp? Or are we Are we talking about you?
1: presumably? I, I You know whether or not that's the actual literal message of the Psalms, but I, I think it's the same theme. Very scary. So I believe in God. I trust in God. But wait a second. Do I really? Am I really as good as I as I should be? Like right. You know, you're, you're kind of confident, Rosh Hashanah, I'm Jewish, I'm asserting my Jewishness. Then you have doubts about yourself. Right. This psalm then ends, With this I will remain confident. What is the Zos? I was going to ask, what is the Zos? What is Zos? I was going to say, what is the this? That's amazing. I'm asking the right question. Perfect. What is this? So we're going to scoot over to the Avne Elio. This is DeVillnagon's commentary on the sitter. Really? It's called the Avni Eliyahu,
0: the Stones of, of Eliyahu? I
1: don't know where the name comes from. I don't think he wrote it. It's it's written by students it's not, I don't know that
0: from any sukkim. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm not sure where the uh, where the name of it comes from. Interesting.
0: All right, let's hear it. So
1: he says, Bezos Aniboteach, and this is referenced in a number of medrash. Zos is a reference to circumcision. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Vilna in this classic way then says, because circumcision is, I'm going to quote it, he quotes three words from a passage in the Talmud in Shabbos on page 152 because it's Matil Shalom Babayis it causes peace in the house. Oh. Huh, Interesting. That, that explains everything. Yeah. What that, is what is the Bezos Aniboteach but this I will trust reference to circumcision which is a source of peace. So the, what the Gemara is referring to is a person who now once again circumcision is something that males have but circumcision represents a certain sense of morality, a certain sense of responsibility in your human relationships
0: and commitment. We call it in Hebrew. We call it bris, but really it's brit milah, bris milah. But everybody in America, you know, the, are you going to the bris on? Are you going to the to the bris on Monday? Well, what bris? Do You mean bris basarim, bris milah? Which bris? There's many, many brises. We call it bris. Bris literally means to cut a a deal, a two way deal that can't be broken by either side. Correct. Happens to be that that in this in this covenant we do it via the flesh. But that word bris means this commitment, like you're saying, this commitment to some sort of deeper value.
1: And we're committed to God through our sexual morality. Beautiful. And our relationships. So this, it is the source of peace in the house. If you're loyal to your spouse, if you're committed to your spouse, you're maintaining those Jewish values, that purity, not abstinence, but purity. Right,
0: there is a huge difference.
1: There is a huge difference then that is a source of shalom bias. So Batech, my commitment to morality, even something as simple as my commitment to my spouse, even though maybe my I'm not a perfect Jew, even though maybe I have shortcomings, and somebody could argue that I I I I you know I'm not as you know committed to different things as I should be, my basic, you know, foundational Jewish morality is gonna be a source of my Jewish development and growth. Look for the good, look for the basic values that you're maintaining, even if you're not as perfect as you should be, even if your standards aren't as high as they could be, you still have what to develop with. And with that, you can trust. There's another another passage in the Talmud. There's another passage of Talmud, which is another indication about the importance of Mila, of circumcision. Thomas said that David was in the bathhouse. Yes, this, says, this is the story I thought you were going to tell before. Right, we don't. Ha- I, I'm in the bathhouse. I don't have my tefillin. I, I, there's no mezuzah on the wall you of the bathhouse. You can't pray. You can't learn Torah. You can't discuss Torah. But I always have that covenant on me. Right, the morality I always have with me. Nobody can ever take that away with me. You know, a lot of Judaism is external rituals. The mila is me. It's my morality. The reason why women don't have a circumcision, Rav Hirsch writes, is because the Physical mark of that covenant is only necessary for men. Women are considered in Judaism to have a more intuitively spiritual sense of sexuality and don't need to physically mark their bodies. But their morality is, you know, their commitment to it is there without a physical mark. So it's the same message. The zos, the the commitment to just the loyalty to your spouse. So what
0: should a woman be thinking when she says bezos? And then why does the Talmud not just say, or sorry, why does the Avne Eliyahu of not just say, it's a commitment to shalom bias. Why does he have to say Zos is talking about the bris, which is talking about peace in the home? Why not just go peace in the home? And for men, that means a bris. Like what, you see what I'm saying? it's a good question. I don't know. so what, should a woman, is, what would you advise a woman to think about?
1: But I would think it's the same theme. Right. The, so the word zos is a reference to circumcision because when Aaron entered into the Holy of Holies, he, it says, but Yavah, you have with this, Aaron shall come for for Aaron. It was an actual circumcision. But as I understand it, and I think this is a correct interpretation, it's a concept. So a woman's commitment to morality, we don't, we don't require a physical sign for that. Right. Men are a little more degenerate than, than women are. <laughs> Just so a little? Yeah. So they need a mark, but women have the commitment without the mark. So it's right. the same concept. Right. And Zos is feminine
0: word. Interestingly, Zez. Briss ma- is also a feminine word. It's in- that's so, very interesting. Yeah, this is,
1: that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very interesting point. Man, we're going to be here for forever. <laughs> but hey, it's that kind of topic. <laughs> so remember, even if you're a Jew that feels like you're lacking in your Judaism, look for your basic moral commitments to build yourself up from. I think that's the first message here.
0: As we, as we prepare ourselves for Rosh Hashanah. Right. Because
1: it, we're trying to develop, but you need to develop from something. And it catches
0: you by surprise. I mean, we all heard, you know, we went to synagogue, we heard on the first of Elul, the shofar blowing as, as a preparatory part of, of getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. We blow the shofar for 30 days. It's still going to catch us by surprise. I'm going to get up there and Rosh Hashanah and be like, oh my God, I'm unprepared. It's just It's a scary thing. And it's almost like the more you know how prepared you should be, the more scary the day could become. Because I remember growing up, you know, in Cincinnati, Ohio, Rockdale Temple, you know, and it's like Rosh Hashanah, great, get off school, you know, go to this go to synagogue for an hour and a half, whatever. Was like, there uh, a good
1: luncheon? It was, no.
0: No. Uh-huh. It was you know those you know those like those like urine sample cups they use for grape juice? That's like my childhood memory. Like it was like a urine sample cup with uh, grape no, juice. No, no, no carving stations. It was the like yeah, school. like and, 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 and then like a little dish with like the individual Apples cut up with honey, and there was bees everywhere. I remember there was being bees everywhere, and it was terrible. Yeah, but (laughs) But I was.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I (laughs) wasn't sound amazing.
0: It was much to be desired, but I do I do not remember being intimidated. That's my point. And yet today, knowing so much more and how the world operates, and and, and wanting to get close to God, it can be very intimidating. Can you
1: so this this gets to the next point. What yeah. do you want from Russia, Hashanah? What do you want from Russia? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. I know that I'm not perfect. I know I have something I can build myself from. I know I have a Jewish foundation. What do I want? We get to the next verse. Oh, one thing I have asked of God. Only this will I seek. My peaceful journey in the house of God. All the days of my life. To behold the glory of God's ways and to seek and to seek deep understanding in His temple, that sounds like a lot.
0: That's I even mean, only we're, this do I seek, and it's a list of nine things. Yeah.
1: So the Medrash actually says that David says this to God, and God tells David back, "You said only one thing I seek, and then you just ask for for a whole laundry list." And David's like, "Well, you did the same thing, God. You, you, you know,
0: know, what do I ask of you? Fear me, love me, walk in my way, exactly. Keep my covenant. That's exactly
1: David's response. But well, God
0: knows it's going to be David's
1: response, right? So what's the point? The point is. <laughs> I think is is the, is exactly what you mentioned before. When you start your journey, you know, I, a recommitment. I'm, I'm going to do better. Right. And suddenly that blossoms and, and I want this and I want this and right. I want this. That's the natural process of spiritual development that you start with one thing and you just grow and grow and grow. Right. But let's break down what these components are. So we have the house of God. I want my peaceful journey in the house. of What is the house of God? Like a, spend your entire day in the synagogue? So Rav Hirsch says the house of God means... Wherever you are is the house of God. Wherever you are, you're surrounded by your values, your commitments to Judaism. So wherever you're going, you can bring the house of God with you. You don't have to be in a physical location. So that's that's what I want. I that's want That's pretty take, encouraging. Right. I want to take my values with me wherever I am. Then we get to the next line. Lachzos benoam Hashem. To see the glory of God. Now, that's the translation I read. Neema also means the sweetness. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said the right? words. We want to enjoy our Judaism and that's something I think is extremely oh. important for. Uh,
0: oh, you mean not? we're not going to have the little Petri dish with uh, grape juice and it? It's going to be a nice bottle of wine, a carving station.
1: If that's your Judaism, yes. You want to <laughs> see the Ne'ema. I you mean there are higher high levels. Exactly. So. You want to see the neema of God. You want to enjoy your spiritual journey. Oh my gosh, yes. I want this to be meaningful and exciting and invigorating and all the other things that I want out of anything else I want in life, I want that in my Judaism. Everybody knows that in their inner, 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 inner
0: world, inner heart, they, they want that magical life. They want a magical life. I think people come to Penn to seek on some level a magical life, a magical existence, right? I'm going to become something. In that, there's a magic in that. And of course, after freshman, sophomore, I mean, we do this all the time, it becomes more and more disheartening. And 80 to 90 hour a week, you know, work is not, it's not really magical. But everybody knows in that, that they're special and knows that there's a magical life they seek. And we're all seekers, especially, you know, the young Jewish kids are seekers. So at this point, you're saying that I want to enjoy spirituality. I want to enjoy a relationship with God. I think that's at the crux and core of everything everything that we think we, we really want and we just don't know how to access the magic.
1: Yes, this is, this is I think, the, the fundamental idea. I want to build on that and give a, a second additional point on top of this. There's a line in Mishlei. the verse says that this is referring to the Torah, the ways of the Torah are noam, and all of its paths are shalom, are peace.
0: Right, for those synagogue goers out there, we say this when you return the, the Torah to the arek, to the, arc, the arc to try to say aren't, to the ark, and you close the, the curtain. We say this about the Torah. Right. right. But
1: what is this? The ways are Noam, are sweet, and the Sivos, the paths are Shalom, are are, are, are peaceful. So yeah. the ways are sweet, the paths are peaceful. It's a repetitive language. So the Vilna Gon, in his commentary on Mishle, writes the following He says that a derech is a wide path, and that's Noam. It's easy to travel. You're on the superhighway, you're on the autobahn, you're, you're just going. It just, it just works you know it's just like it's an easy drive there's no traffic it's great weather tops down if you got the convertible that's noam that's just a good journey and even if the the path is a little smaller it could still be a shalom it could still be safe peaceful but like the kind of laying back the music that's the that's the the darach, the wide open easy path so in our request of god you know life's a journey life's a path but we're asking god for a derech noam for a way that's open a way that you know Smooth sailing; it should go easily. Yes, we we want it to be meaningful, but you know, without too much too many obstacles, without too much darkness along that way. And we recognize sometimes you got to struggle to find it. Right. But this is what we can ask for. Um We moving along in the Psalms, because you know I think we could be here forever if we uh, if we don't hurry it up. The P is
0: silent, by the way.
1: Yeah. Psalms.
0: P S A L M A.
1: We could just call it Tehillim.
0: We could. I think we should. Tehillim praises of God. Yeah.
1: Where did Psalms come from? I don't know. We're going to be here all day. (laughs) We might. Uh, I'm going to skip a couple of verses because, you know, (laughs) how long can we go for? (laughs) We move on to something which is, I think, extremely relevant. Um, We ask God, I'm skipping a couple of verses, uh, don't hide your countenance from me. Don't put me away in anger. Kind of recognize the fact that that, that I'm not perfect. Whatever I have achieved from you. Um, And then we say for even if my father and mother have abandoned me God would still take me up what does that mean we all have to leave our parents we all have to find ourselves develop ourselves
0: individuate
1: exactly and this is a reality of every adult you don't want to be living in your in your mother's basement when you're 37
0: or her emotional basement
1: correct you can be exactly you can
0: be in your in your nice apartment in Manhattan making money <laughs> and emotionally beholden
1: your mom's still telling you who to date
0: emotionally beholden to your mom and dad I, you know it, that is a scary thought it's something we don't think about there's an emo- I like that phrase emotional basement
1: but <laughs> it's, it's also scary because you have to develop it all yourself parents yeah. are comfortable correct when you're two years old and you, and you hurt yourself yeah. you just run to your father or your mother and everything's taken care of right and, and eventually, eventually you gotta run to yourself and to God and it doesn't mean we don't
0: you don't respect and honor your parents. The truth is, as you individuate and as you find your own identity and you do become the person, you actually end up respecting and honoring and loving and caring for your parents much, much more because you don't need them in the same way. You can now respect them and honor them because it's not, it's not a distancing because I see this go bad also. Like, you know, don't tell me what to do, mom. You know, I'm 28, I'm 38 years old, however old they're getting in the emotional basement over there. That you clearly see the danger of actually not pulling this off.
1: You're right. And and the word vi imi azavuni is very reminiscent of what the verse says in the Torah yeah, yeah. that when a person gets married, they abandon, abandon their, their mother and their father. father. It doesn't mean abandon them to leave them to the wolves. It means to be emotionally dependent on them. You have to leave that behind.
0: That's it. Because it's the opposite. You begin. You begin as you do this. You begin giving back to your parents, who by the way you owe everything to. So it's a funny thing, but
1: right. But but I think what King David is expressing is that that sounds logical but it's very hard emotionally to break away and and you're lost and you don't have that you know safety net as strong as it once was when you were two and six and 10 and 15 you got to go out on your own yeah and you have god with you and i think that's the message here in that journey you're you're seeking your spiritual values but in a sense you feel like you're on your own you don't have to you could journey with god with your values quote unquote with your bris with your your morals and your your desire for a stronger relationship with god and all these things are kind of giving us a form for the development we're seeking in the month of L.
0: That's really beautiful and very strong and very empowering because nothing can hold you back then. You're not emotionally beholden to anything, anyone. You're, you're, you're accessing your deepest self, which ultimately is the part of you that does connect with God, that recognizes that you and God are on a journey together. Because who knows you besides you? Who, honestly, who knows you? Rabbi here? who knows you besides you?
1: Yeah, my wife a little bit, you
0: know A little bit, right? <laughs> but even our wives, you know, can what are the the you told me this, right? The Rabina Nisim says, right, if you knew God, you would be God. But I think that's also true for people. If you really knew someone, you would be that person.
1: Yeah, that certainly. But moving on to the point you just raised, you are literally creating the, the framework for this <laughs> hey, Psalms. The next I'm, I'm a, verse I'm says a, I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm not not denying that. <laughs> Skilled professional. It, verse twelve says, Do not deliver me up to the will of my oppressors for false witnesses have risen up against me and one who sanctimoniously does wrong. Sounds like a nice English word. But what is these, the will of my oppressors for false witnesses have risen up against me? These are people who say, I'm not a capable person. These are the people that say, you're a bad person. These are the people that say, you're, you're, you're an unethical person. God, don't let me become what people say about me. Don't let me become the worst version of the way people are trying to put me down. Right, the negative manifestations. Right. Because it affects you. Right. People around you affect you.
0: The, ma- the manifestation you can do, it, it positive, works. So it must work the other way also. Yeah.
1: Right, so what, what the psalm is ending off with is this idea that I'm, I might not be perfect, I'm a person of value, I want more. I sometimes feel like I'm alone in that journey. God, stay with me in this journey, and don't let me become... What the people who are trying to put me down want me to be, wow. which is a nothing. Wow. And we end off the psalm, wait upon God, remain strong, and let your heart give you encourage, give you courage, indeed wait upon God. Phew. At the end of the day, your spiritual values, this L focus, is what can empower you to create true change. Whatever that change is going to look like. The psalm is very open. It's very, it's very expressive in... The difficult things that could pull you down, your 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 spiritual shortcomings, the negative versions of yourself that people want to put on you and make you into, but through all that, even though I feel alone, even though I sometimes feel like I'm abandoned, I have my core values, I have my desire for development, I have my relationship with God, and I'm going to plow through it. So it ends off with that kind of upbeat thing that I'm going to be strong because ultimately I I am eliling my L. I'm <laughs> making that anilododi vidodili, I'm strengthening that relationship. That's going to allow me to get my new year started with a much stronger, you know, on a much stronger foot and on a trajectory that will propel me far forward.
0: That's amazing. And I, I, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm picking up from this is I really got to start reading these things in English because I've read this in Hebrew now probably 40 times over the last week and a half and I'm getting nothing, you know, and I'm saying it as you're rushing out of synagogue. I mean, is, that is absolutely beautiful.
1: And there's only another 149 chapters and Psalms to go through, so... For a couple other especially podcasts,
0: especially 119, number 119, yeah, and that, is on the longer we'll side. we'll give that 10. But that is so amazing, so empowering, and it, we have another three weeks to get ready for this, and we're on our own path. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. But I, I don't want to belittle the idea of change. You know, the change, new year, new you. You know, it could you know, self love, self care. That can often become quite selfish. Here, what I love about how you're putting it is by keeping God in the picture with us. We have that, and you talked about the brist, the covenant. You're, you're, you're maintaining the high moral standard that you really want for yourself as opposed to another moral escapism, which I think is very important. I think that's going to lead us to, as we said earlier, that magical life that we all know that somehow we know deep inside of us we deserve.
1: Yeah, and there aren't necessarily unicorns and rainbows in that magical life, but it's still pretty magical. Magical
0: doesn't mean not real. Magical mean You know what magical
1: means. Uh, 100%, yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So here's magical good- is the it and the everyday, I think.
0: Absolutely. you feel it. Well, to a good elo.